0: Wednesday, which means it's Wednesday Shag Day. So, pour yourself a couple glasses of brandy and let's discuss the 1998 timeline busting rom-com, Sliding Doors, starring Gwyneth Paltrow. You are listening to the Movie Ladder Podcast. My name is Zach Brooks and I am joined by Av Sinansky and Brendan Fitzpatrick. And last week we discussed Taking of the Pelham one, two, three, and this week, due to a uh public transportation subway connection, we will be discussing sliding doors.
1: I was just gonna say I would be remiss to pointing out that still a week later you're you're not even close to getting the name of that movie right um it's 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 the taking of Pelham one, two three the the is at the beginning, it's not in the middle. there's no a in it. It's, there's one article. It's the. It's at the beginning of the movie title.
0: You know three, what? Three, two, it's, one. Contact. It's been over a. Uh, it's <laughs> been over a week since I watched both of those movies. <laughs> so, uh, the taking of Palom. One, two, three. The most poorly go. titled movie go. of all time was the movie that we watched last week. Due to a public transportation subway train connection, we will be discussing sliding doors tonight. It is not the sliding doors. It is not sliding the doors. It is just sliding doors. Then at the end of the episode, we will decide on our next movie connection based on suggestions from you, the listeners, and us, the host. We'll narrow those down to just a couple movies, and we will decide next week a movie that somehow relates to Sliding Doors that we will discuss on our podcast next week. Moving forward, we will be spoiling what there is to spoil on Sliding Doors. So if you haven't watched it yet, uh, we'd suggest that you just pause this podcast Go and watch it and listen along to our podcast after you've watched it. Although there's not a ton to spoil.
1: Doors may or may not slide. Yes. uh, Stand
0: clear of the sliding doors.
1: Yeah. uh, (laughs) You
0: may want to miss the train or you may not want to miss the train, depending on how you want your life to turn out. And we also will, of course, put the timestamp somewhere in the description of this podcast where the actual movie ladder for next week starts. If you are a ladder only listener. So, uh, yeah, before we get started, let's just uh let people know where they can find us. So, all of us are on Twitter and
1: Letterboxd. Av, where are you? I'm on both Twitter and Letterboxd at a A-S-I-N-E-N-S-K-Y. a s i n e n s k y.
2: I used to out this
1: week. And I'm on Twitter
2: at vidzybrennen or on Letterboxd at brenfids11.
0: And I'm at Brooks on all platforms, including Letterboxd and Twitter. Uh, of course, if you Let's see if I can get this name right. If you do want to follow the podcast proper, you can follow us at Ladder Movie on Letterboxd and on Twitter. And you can also email us at themovieladder at gmail.com. It's been a little over a week since we last talked. I'm sure we've all watched some movies. Av, what was the best thing you watched last week?
1: So I've been working my way through the best picture winners of the 1980s, which means I haven't really seen anything good in the last week. Um, <laughs> I would say the best movie I saw of that group, I saw in the last week, I saw Amadeus, I saw Ordinary People, Chariots of Fire, Terms of Endearment, and Out of Africa. And the only one that I thought was was very good was Ordinary People. Um, I really enjoyed that. It it gets a very bad reputation because it famously beat out Raging Bull and The Empire Strikes Back for Best Picture. And obviously those movies have age very well and are part of the constant conversation around movies and ordinary people as well quite ordinary it's a it's it's a very weird movie to have been crowned best picture although as we all know the oscar does the oscars do really weird Oscary things all the time um but it's just like like a very yeah it's a it's just like a very small like suburban family drama um you know it's very much a you know white people with white people problems type movie. But as a white person, you know, represent, representation is very important. So it was <laughs> nice to finally see myself represented on screen in the form of suburban white people.
0: Yeah, it's, it's um, nice that you find like, I get some representation. Yeah, those, you know. those are all movies that I have heard of. And I'm like, oh, I should watch those. And I have not watched a single movie that you listed. Uh, although I am planning to watch Amadeus at some point this year. Yeah, a,
1: lo- a lot of people like Amadeus. I, it just did not work at all for me. I found it just to be very campy and silly. It felt like a, you know, like a high school stage play of something with just like ridiculous costumes. Also, the the principal Rooney from Ferris Bueller plays the emperor in this movie, and it was just impossible <laughs> for me to take him seriously at all. Oh, no, no.
0: yeah. Um, and what, uh, Ferris Bueller was after that, right? Ferris Bueller was Ferris Bueller's
1: after that. And because of the association with Ferris Bueller... And the main character, or semi-main character, who plays Mozart, played by Tom Hulce, has like this like very like silly nature to him. Like I just very much saw the entire movie as like Ferris Bueller in the world of. Mozart but back to ordinary people I thought I thought it was very solid um you know it's weird that like a worse version of the perks of being a wallflower won best picture but you know I guess sometimes that's okay but it was was, I I really enjoyed it I thought it was you know a a well-made family drama so I'd recommend it as just like a movie to watch but not necessarily as like an all-time great that you know a best picture winner might connote
0: I always think of the uh John Legend song ordinary people when I hear the movie ordinary people and they're obviously not related
2: but, um, I know Ordinary People was sort of the film that put Timothy Hutton on the map and made him kind of a big star in the, uh, mid-80s. He was sort of Brat Pack adjacent in the 80s. He had a bunch of films, so that was sort of his first big breakout role. Um, other than that, I don't know much about Ordinary People or Amadeus, but I definitely would, would put both of those on, uh, Movies that I definitely eventually need to see just because I know they're pretty, pretty critically well, acclaimed. So, maybe yeah. this
0: maybe this podcast will force
1: Av to watch Amadeus for the second time in a yeah, few months. Yeah. I, I sure hope not. Chariots of Fire was also pretty good. I would yeah. say out of Africa, nobody should ever consider watching. Uh, mm. Terms of Endearment, really also don't really consider watching. And I'm very much dreading having to watch Gandhi and The Last Emperor.
0: So. All these movies sound like they've got to be like yeah, three and a half they, hours long. Oh, yeah. These all it's, sound it, it's, like
2: it's, movies that would not be nominated today because they would never actually get made.
0: Yeah. It's oh, yeah. I disagree. Gandhi, uh, if they made a Gandhi movie, that is Oscar Bait all over it.
1: No, because yeah, well, it's never getting made
2: was. or it's a notorious bomb. Yeah. Eh. Nobody's going to a movie theater to see Gandhi and it's not getting an Oscar nom.
1: well, against my year. better judgment. I'm going to watch it in the next uh, few <laughs> days to a week and maybe I'll report back next week. Yeah, tune in next week for overview yeah, of Gandhi. Yeah. Well,
2: apparently Ben Kingsley is fantastic, but you know. So I saw three movies in the last week since we last talked that I want to take note on. The first one, the night after we recorded, uh, I sat down and finally watched The Last Black Man in San Francisco.
1: Yes. Which
2: I talked to both of you guys about in the chat afterwards. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, the performances were great. The music was great. The story was compelling. Um, Zach, you hit it right when you said it's sort of a slow burn of a movie. Uh, I think it that was definitely off. is. Or uh, it may have been off, but yeah, it definitely is a slow burn. It's a good movie to just like sit on your couch with a glass of whiskey or what have you, and it's a good hangout movie to just hang out and uh, enjoy with. journey these two main characters are taking you on throughout it um it's it's a really fun movie and it's really got a really touching ending that uh really hit me um in my sweet spot of what i appreciate about movies which is just the journey that two characters can take to find out their place in the world and And the journey that two actors
0: can take to not be nominated when they really should have been
2: yeah absolutely i mean both performances from the lead actors were fantastic um, the direction was great The cinematography is fantastic um, The writing is amazing The music is fantastic I can't say enough about how much I really enjoyed this movie um, It imme- immediately went into my top 10 of 2019 When I finished it um, if you It's a very seen different it,
0: movie than what you yeah, would expect
2: Absolutely If you haven't yeah, seen and- it, it is streaming for free on Amazon Prime at this point It's rewarding
1: It's. Uh, I've been like kind of loathe to recommend it widely because it's like not a movie that's for everybody like I could certainly see a lot of people who could like will just like turn it off after half an hour because they're like what is this what am I watching because like it just doesn't have a very conventional plot like it doesn't introduce the characters in conventional mm-hmm. ways um, it's really just like experiential more than like a narrative and like just kind of like washes over you and you just kind of like experience it more than you watch it, which, you know, for some, for me, like I thought it was amazing. It was one of my, also in my top 10 for the year, but I, I could definitely see some people watching it and being like, what did you make me watch? So I've been kind of hesitant sure. to recommend it to everyone.
2: But I also think that's fine. I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of if you turn it on and decide the movie's not for you. That's cool. You're just not ready to take that journey yet and hopefully someday you will be.
0: It's- I have it in my top ten. I have it at number seven in my top ten. Yeah. So- and
1: honestly, give me three last black men in San Francisco's, even if only one of the three is good, versus like eight Ford free Ferraris. Because like, oh I don't need to see like more of just like the same movie. Like the most generic know, movie of all time. You know, so some of these like movies are going to be hit and miss, and like, but it's worth it to find the ones that like really work for you.
0: I think for all of us, there was a musical moment in the middle of or like the first you know thirty like. 30 minutes, 45 minutes into The Last Black Man in San Francisco, mm-hmm. that at least for me, that's when the movie really kind of clicks and connects. And I know for yeah. Brennan, he said the same thing.
2: Yeah, and I, I texted you and said, oh, okay, I love this. Yeah. I don't love this movie. Definitely. And then um, a couple nights later, I traveled back to the year 1986, which might be my favorite year for movies of the 80s. And I know that is a very debatable thing to say but I caught up with two movies from the year 1986 that were both highly critically acclaimed that I had never seen. So first I watched The Color of Money, which is the sequel to the Paul Newman movie, The Hustler. It's actually not, I feel like that movie doesn't hold up to the critical acclaim. There were parts that I just found downright boring, and Tom Cruise is so unlikable, there were parts of it that I just wanted to turn it off.
1: He's so Tom Cruise in that, though.
2: He's so Tom Cruise, but he's so obnoxiously Tom Cruise, not the charming Tom Cruise, that I really wanted to just turn it off at certain points. The movie still kept me engaged for two hours, and I did finish it, and I didn't turn it off. But I will say that the next movie I watched, I enjoyed a hell of a lot more. And that was I finally sat down and watched all of Oliver Stone's Platoon but I had never watched Platoon all the way through. And it's an engrossing war movie, although at the same time, if you've seen too many war movies before this one, it's gonna feel a little tropey to you and like you know where this is going because this is the movie that set the tone for all the war scenes in the 90s that came after it, including Forrest Gump, Saving Private Ryan, um, there's a lot of war tropes that are laid out by Oliver Stone in this movie that get sort of repeated in movies that come in the next 10 to 15 years after it. So, But I thought the performances were fantastic, and I, I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, those are both movies that I've seen in the last few months. Um, I I watched Color of Money when I was doing my Scorsese binge before The Irishman, mm. um, and then was very annoyed to find out that it was a a sequel to The Hustler, so that I have to watch The Hustler first, which uh, just like yeah. added to my project. Um, Platoon, I was not a fan of. Um, I'm I, I'm not a huge war movie fan. 1917 being the recent exception that I loved. Mm. Platoon, I just I found it very weird. The the you know the characters I thought were just like very over the top i just like i i just like didn't engage with it very well so i don't know i, mean, I i'm like i'm not a huge war movie fan and like i have a few more on my list of, of like classic war movies i'm like i don't right like look forward with all like tremendous excitement to like sitting down and watching like a three-hour war, war movie so right. um, and
2: that's that's fair and my my main thing i think i knew going in what to expect because i knew that there were a bunch of movies that had sort of use the template and the characters from Platoon in their own movies. And so I sort of knew that it was gonna feel the way it did, which is the over the top. And I've seen all these characters do these things before and all of it right. is predictable. That I was just able to sit back and sort of just let it do what it was gonna do, knowing where it was going. The only right. thing that surprised right. me was the very end of the ending of it because I didn't know how it ended. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it's actually a really obvious ending once you realize what the ending is. It, it, there's a very obvious ending and you're not going to get it until you actually see it. But um, I'll tell you about it later. It's real, it's, I was like, oh, I never realized that is actually the ending to this movie. But anyway, Zach, what did you watch this week?
0: Oh, man, so I actually watched quite a bit this week. Um, Had a little bit of time at home, and I would say that the best thing I watched, I watched a couple movies that I really liked, uh, but I am now three episodes in to my James Bond watching that I'm doing in preparation for Bond 25 coming out. And so I've uh, watched uh, Dr. No from Russia with Love and Goldfinger, And I really liked From Russia With Love. That's my favorite of the three that I've watched so far. I liked Goldfinger quite a bit too, way more than I expected. Um, And Dr. Dr. No has its moments, but so far the number one Bond movie of those three for me is From Russia With Love. So wanted to give a quick plug. I'm just waiting on the library to hurry up and get Thunderball to me on Blu-ray so that I can continue down this path. Uh, and I, they did get Thunderbolt in today, so I should be starting back up on my Bond watch. I have to average, like, two Bond movies per week until Bond 25 comes out in
1: April. Are you watching them in release date order? Is that the plan?
0: Yeah. So, okay, um, cool. And I, I'm actually, like, very unspoiled on Bond. I mean, I've seen the Pierce Brosnan ones. I've seen some of the Daniel Craig, but I don't even really remember those that well. So I know there's not a lot of continuity and probably not a ton to be spoiled on, but I don't right. even know, like, villains or, or or plots or anything like that. It, yeah. So it's it's fun to see these and um, kind of see how the, the series progresses. I know there's going to be some very cheesy ones coming my way in the next Yeah, once future. you
2: get into the Roger Moore era, it gets a little cheesier, but also it's really fun. Like the Roger Moore era is my favorite era just because of how fun it is, mm-hmm. and it leans into sort of the camp of being James Bond, which is great.
0: Yeah, but I'm excited to see what, what Lazenby is like, because I know he only comes <laughs> in for one movie and then Connery comes back. So right. I, I'm excited I mean, for that actor whiplash that I'll get.
2: Yeah, the George Lazenby movie is actually not as bad as his reputation. Um, it's If you take out of, out of the context that it's, you know, a James Bond movie, it's actually pretty good. It's just sort of, he is looked down upon as Bond because nobody liked him at the time, but I think the movie holds up.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, in terms of, Movie that I think is a controversial opinion, at least on this podcast. I also watched Killing of a Sacred Deer over the weekend. And that was very disturbing, very weird. I don't know if I can recommend that to everybody. Talk, you know, talk about a movie you can't recommend to everybody. Uh, Killing of Sacred Deer is definitely not that. But if you're in the mood for something that's just very strange and is gonna I mean, I, I was watching through my fingers a few times in that movie, which is not the way I normally am watching movies. And I know Av did not share my my praise of that
1: yeah I'm a, a huge fan of Yorgos Lanthimos and th- three of his movies are like three of my favorite movies of the last decade the favorite Dogtooth and The Lobster and Killing the Sacred Deer was just a total miss for me uh, It was just like I mean I would say I was also very disturbed but like not in a way that made me feel like interested it was just like this is like unnecessarily like kind of just like pornographically disturbing <laughs> yeah. and just like the way the characters spoke to each other like and I guess like I think we we discussed that like you thought that was like kind of the point but like it just like everything was just like so gray um i just like really did not enjoy the experience of watching it at all
0: yeah i just, like, uh, didn't
1: feel like it had much to say about anything yorgos has such a unique style with kind of the fish and
0: fish eye lenses and very odd camera angles and uh, it just really puts you on edge watching his movies and i thought it worked the best in almost a horror movie of killing a sacred deer it it, it just it, it really worked for me the second half i wasn't as big of a fan of as the first half um, and I would never want to watch this movie again. I really hope this never comes up on this podcast. Although, Brendan, I think there are some good Lost connections. So, Brendan and I both are big fans of the show Lost. I think, of you are too. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, there are, enough, uh, there are enough movies you can watch that have Lost connections without forcing yourself to watch one that you might not necessarily want to. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was a, I was a huge, I was a huge fan of Lost, and I was very disappointed that it got canceled after season four. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's too bad that we'll never find out what happens. But did season you, five, you five the, is the best season. Season five is not the best season. Season five is five like 100 okay. the best season of all.
2: No, yeah, get, I, I get I out like of here.
0: Uh, did you think that Colin okay. Farrell's Doctor character was a lot like Jack Shepard? Because I definitely felt. Very
1: um that's vibes. interesting i don't i don't remember the character from colin farrell in that movie well enough to make that comparison but i i guess i mean he definitely has that like you know surgeon god complex and plus the like just like depressed guy thing yeah. so you know if that's what you're going for I, he's yeah, very I man of uh,
0: science to start the movie at least right right, right, yeah. right. uh and then uh you know in my uh dishonorable mentions i will say i watched suicide squad earlier today and that is all that needs to be said about that yeah. it's as bad as advertised yeah everyone is correct mm. yeah i, I thought Remover. maybe i thought maybe it would be better than I, I like i like some of those cheesy superhero movies but uh <laughs> no it's it's really poorly made no nah, it's not good venom was better i watched venom also as part of my ladder i watched a lot of movies on my ladder but uh, <laughs> let's talk about our ladder and let's talk about Sliding Doors. So we are now going to get into our uh, spoiler-ish discussion of the Sliding Doors movie. And yeah. who wants to tell us a little bit something about Sliding Doors?
2: Speaking of cheesy movies,
0: how about this one? Yeah. Uh,
1: so yeah, well, Sliding Doors I've is a um, this, was, this was my first time seeing it. Um, Sliding Doors has a very basic premise to it. Um, a very cool premise, in my opinion. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow plays a woman named Helen. She works at a PR firm and she has a boyfriend. And one day, she's, she gets fired at work for stealing, I think, vodka. Um, yeah, four and bottles of vodka. She's, for her know, own racing. birthday party. She's like racing home. She wants to catch her train to get home. So, you know, just kind of put an end to this horrible day that she's been having. And she just barely makes the train and then we're immediately shown an alternative shot where she just barely misses the train and from there the movie kind of diverges and shows two different timelines one where she made the train and one where she missed the train and kind of how that one little seemingly inconsequential event ends up having major impacts in her life except really not because everything ends up the same
0: uh, no it does not end up yeah, the I same I agree yeah, it does not end up the same it does definitely no, not the she- same
1: yeah, uh, <laughs> similar and, enough. Uh,
0: thanks to the devilish child with the Barbie, causes the split timeline to happen. Mm-hmm. I blame that child. For uh, it is. It is a great. It is a great premise, and I think that's why I've always liked this movie. And I think I remembered it a little bit more fondly than I needed to. Um, but it, the premise is awesome. I think the pre- You know, the premise that we're watching two different timelines go on based on one just inconsequential one second event happening and diverting the timelines
1: yeah and-, and and to elaborate the main thing that happens is that in the timeline where she makes a train she gets home in time to catch her boyfriend in the act of cheating on her with another woman and in the alternative timeline she misses the train gets delayed she ends up getting mugged and injured and by the time she gets home the woman that her boyfriend is sleeping with has already departed and he's there to you know kind of comfort her about the fact that she got fired and proceeds in kind of ignorance is bliss type, you know, with her cheating boyfriend for a little while. Yeah, until she slowly starts to yeah. Yeah, so that's the main, uh, you know, divergence, and like, things kind of just go from there, Um, and I guess we'll we'll get into, you know, some of the major differences. Um, I would say, other than, like, the very, very end of the movie, I think that the lesson of the movie was that nothing ended up mattering, because she she kind of just like eventually discovers the boyfriend eventually ends up with the other guy the end of the movie was by far my least favorite part of the movie i thought the (laughs) ending of this movie was like offensive um it just like really bothered me that they would like because so just to like give my overview on the movie like the the main thing that frustrated me about this movie is that they shot the two timelines like one and then the other one and then the other Mm. one the other back and forth and i found that to be extremely distracting Um, Yeah, I agree. Eventually, they have her cut her hair so that, like, it makes it more obvious which one she is because that was, like, confusing for a little while. But just, like, I never was able to get invested enough in either story because, like, it was immediately cut to the other one. And I was like, oh, right, now I'm supposed to remember what's going on here and, like, kind of keep track of that. So that was very frustrating for me.
2: Yeah, and there were points where I couldn't even remember, even after she cut her hair, which timeline it was meant to be. So I mean? Like, it just...
0: I, I did the work as I was watching this movie, and I kept two running uh, lists of things that happened in each timeline. And, uh, they're actually pretty long of all of the different things this movie. Even though it's only an hour and 39 minutes, to me it felt like about three hours and 39 minutes. It really, really dragged for me, Yeah, uh, which was not what I was expecting. I remembered liking this movie quite a bit.
1: Yeah, and the, yes. the, thing, the thing is that, like, I think that, like, this movie would have been structured better if it showed, like, 45 minutes of her making the train and that story, and then said, like, rewind and, like, went all the way back and then showed us the alternative story. Right. But my suspicion is that if they had done that, it would have, like, even further exposed, like, how little there there was in this movie. Yeah. And, like, yeah. the, the entire movie is just the gimmick of going back and forth and being like, oh, isn't that clever? Like how like you see things kind of like slightly overlap with each other. It's kind of like watching Memento in uh, chronological order. You would have just ended up with like two 40-minute very meh romantic comedies. And I I think comedy is a little bit of a stretch also. Uh,
0: I I, I was watching this movie and I don't (laughs) know if it was that the, you know, I I know they made a bad cow joke and maybe that really killed at the time. Uh, Especially this week mad cow is is not super funny uh also star 69 reference which uh monty, monty
2: python didn't age as well in uh, see that uh, at
0: least is like the more week timeless that,
2: well but the I, week I think monty python, jones died that didn't really hit real well
0: oh i did you forget <laughs> that yeah good point so yeah we yeah, picked it, quite. The, we picked quite the week to watch this movie i guess i guess we yeah. did i guess we did so i actually have my own <laughs> sliding doors moment that happened uh, last Monday. And Brendan knows about this, Av does not. And so I thought it was very interesting that we picked this movie this week. So last Monday, we recorded our podcast on taking of Pelham 123. And I still screwed that name up. Uh, (laughs) Then later in the day, I hosted a trivia event and I was driving home from the trivia event. And the first thing that happened was I accidentally went the wrong way. So I took myself out of the way turning around and going in the right direction then I'm driving home and I'm like what should I do the rest of the night I kind of want to go pick up something to eat from the grocery store I don't know much food I have at my place but I decided now I'll just go home and I'll just make something I have at home so I didn't go to the grocery store then I'm driving 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 I am about one minute away from my place and I hit a patch of ice the lady in front of me stops I was not able to stop in time. I swerved out of the way a little bit, and so I just clipped her with the passenger side front of my car, Uh, just kind of minimal damage to my car, minimal damage to her car. But as a result of going the wrong way and uh, not stopping the grocery store, I ended up getting in a car accident the day that we decided we were going to do a podcast on sliding doors, and I could not uh, stop thinking about how fitting it is that that happened that day.
1: Well, if it makes you feel any better, if that hadn't happened, it would have just happened three days later instead.
0: Or, yeah, right, exactly. exactly. It, it could
2: lead to my death. Uh, or, or what if it wasn't even your sliding doors moment? What if it was hers?
1: So that's a good point because that that I think is like one of the big things that that like sucks about this movie is that like everybody else in this movie has like no agency. Like they're just like they're what they do is fixed based on like what she does. And I just like found that like if you're going to like explore this idea then like commit to the the idea and think it through. Like it was just like so unambitious for like a very intriguing premise.
2: I agree. I, I was really intrigued by the premise and it just didn't, it leaned more into the, oh, this is, let's just make this as cute as possible and as romantic comedy as possible and not actually explore the consequences and nuance of creating an alternate timeline at all, which reminds me of a movie I know both of you guys saw that came out last year uh, called Yesterday. And that was a lot of the criticism behind Yesterday, if you remember. I know, I think I've saw it.
1: But yeah, when I would say exactly
2: out, it was a lot of the same criticism behind that movie was that it was a great premise but it just decided to only stick to the surface level of that premise and not go any deeper and that made it kind of just boring to a degree. And yeah, one was- of the one of the other things that definitely made this movie more boring to me was that um, I had to watch it with commercials <laughs> because it was not streaming commercial-free. But I'm sorry, uh, go ahead, you were going to say something
1: else. Yeah, so what two, what? two things that's funny is, number one, is that in this movie, James said, has a line where he says, everybody's bored knowing the Beatles' lyrics instinctively, which yeah. is a direct contradiction of the premise of Yesterday. So, you know, oh, if, nice. if Yesterday's premise was correct, then it wouldn't even matter, because everyone's bored knowing the Beatles. Uh, but I would say that both of these movies, what they have in common is that they have very promising, interesting premises that were wasted on the actual movie and kind of now it's like well no one else can make you know Sliding Doors 2 and make a better version of it because you know it's like Sliding Doors was done already and Um, Sliding
2: Doors 2 actually probably could be called Yesterday
1: yeah I was going to say it's almost like the spiritual sequel it does sound at least
0: like
2: that and the main character in that also was hit by a car so
1: yeah and like as I said before what I I found like so like offensive about the way this movie ends is that What, what we're criticizing the movie for, for like kind of just being like pretty frivolous and like the different paths that it shows, it's like, oh, so you would have broken up with this boyfriend and ended up with that boyfriend, but then you would find him out that he's a cheater. A few months later, and you know, like your job, and like obviously these are not like totally insignificant things, but like right. it's not like existential. And then like all of a sudden, with like five minutes left in the movie, they're like, oh, we're gonna kill her baby and then kill her in the other timeline. Right. I was just exactly. like, well, Where did this come from? Like yeah. that's not the movie that I was watching. That's gonna have like such incredible stakes. All of a sudden, <laughs> at the last <laughs> seconds, like, hey, I yeah. thought we're just like, okay, which of these like you know British guys is she gonna end up with? Like okay, fine, I could get on board with like just kind of like rolling my eyes a little bit and enjoying like sweet sappy movie and then right. when they made it like oh like she's dead in one of these timelines i was like all right this is this is bullshit like i'm not, I'm not. Hey, hey,
0: you know what? when you mess with fate right. you can mess things up but my question was i know she messed with fate but where were the doctors she's flatlining and he's just sitting there right. like he's just
2: sitting there by yeah yeah, right. yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> so one thing what? that i i got at the very end of this is kind of the way that they fade in from the makes the train timeline versus the misses the train timeline Mm -hmm. it almost made it seem like this was all a dream she had when she was coming out of recovery after she fell down the stairs now i don't think that's the case Mm -hmm. i don't i think there's a lot of evidence that's not the case but they almost kind of tease that that could have been what this is that she imagines what if i would have discovered this
1: all from the beginning so like one, one other just like to pile on on this movie sorry for those of whom <laughs> who yeah. might love it like i don't even know if this is the type of movie where at the end we're supposed to be thinking about like oh is one of these the real one and one of them is not the real one because like the movie just like doesn't engage with that sort of stuff it's just kind of like it has this idea at the beginning and then it's just like okay and then here's like two co- totally disparate stories that are going to go in their own way and you're kind of just supposed to compare them but like there's no like connection or like end product of like okay here's what you're supposed to think about like these types of events in our life
0: and there, can uh, I mean, well, there can only well,
1: be one there can only be one universe I, that exists so that well uh, then but then which but then which one is it is she dead well, or is she the alive point
2: is i think the point at the end is that it's all one universe and here's why is because jerry is a jerk in both and james is the nice guy in both it's just the nuance in between the bullshit in between but who they are comes out in the end In both timelines, for both of them.
1: Yeah, well, I think that kind of points to it. is
2: always an asshole, and James is always the good guy. It's just a matter of perception and the circumstances around their feelings impacting them. But I think that's kind of what bugged me about it too is there's no nuance to those two characters between the two timelines, and I kind of wish they had played with that a little more. And that could have made both of their characters a little more interesting instead of the stereotypical romantic comedy. This is the shitty ex-boyfriend. And this is the guy, the girl in the movie falls in love with. Go.
1: Yeah. No, I I was just going to add in, you know, another thing that is very true about Jerry, his boys can really swim in both timelines. Yeah, (laughs) He's very, very, very. He's getting getting women pregnant left and right. Like everyone is pregnant. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) the the poor babies that uh well i guess i guess the lydia baby might still might still survive uh you know one of the one of the things that avi touched on this i I like that what they do in this movie is at least you said it took a little while but it to me felt pretty early on that she gets the makeover and at least looks different in the two timelines so you know it's easy to track like there is dark haired uh timeline and there is
1: there is blonde haired helen timeline
0: so that yes, at least. helps.
1: Yes, it definitely helps, but there was still just like too much overlap, I think, especially once you get further into the movie and, and James is like in her life either way you're like and like he's not calling her or she's not calling him and you're like wait so is this the one where they're together or not yet together and it's just like i just found it very distracting to like keep up with you know with- yeah so- i
0: did find that a little bit distracting and i knew where the movie was going and i'd seen it before and there were times where i, I was like especially with james or with uh, some of the other side characters with lydia where i'm like wait which you know lydia's ordering sandwiches and i can't remember which lydia this is um yeah so- and it's helpful to keep track of of all of the different things that happen. Yeah, yeah always important sure.
1: to take notes when you're watching the movies. A, movie, so a romantic comedy, that. especially. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah,
2: so I'm not sure if uh, you probably have this in your hastily put together trivia for later. But one of the reasons Gwyneth Paltrow has short hair in this movie is because she's preparing for Shakespeare in Love, where she's mm. going to win an Oscar and has to have super short hair.
0: And it came she out also, the same year.
2: Yeah. yeah. And she also has short hair, the same short haircut in another movie, A Perfect Murder, that came out in 1998 as well.
1: Oh, A Perfect Murder, I loved. I don't, I'm I love sure Perfect it probably doesn't hold as up, well. but I thought that was such a fun movie. Shakespeare in yeah. Love was another one on my list of Oscar movies that I had never seen that I watched in the last month. And I thought it was, you know, enjoyable enough, but like, you know, Saving Private Rise.
0: So uh, A Perfect Murder is a remake of Hitchcock. I believe it's a, a remake of Dial M for Murder. yeah. It oh, is. Or maybe I'm thinking, yeah. I might be thinking of Unfaithful, actually. But I yeah, think that, they both for
2: Murder is pretty close. Yeah.
0: I think maybe they both are remakes of, of Hitchcock movies, but I'm pretty sure okay. A Perfect Murder is, because I've seen that as
1: well. I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a remake.
2: Yeah. That's um, Michael Douglas, Vigo, Mortensen, Mortensen, and quite a. Yeah.
1: Yeah yeah and an- another thing about Jerry in both timelines is that he 's very stupid in both timelines, and yeah. it 's only a matter of time before he 's getting caught one way or the other, because like yeah. in the one where he doesn 't get caught he 's like literally standing in the room with her, confessing into a mirror while she 's in the room
0: That was so yeah. bad <laughs> that was real bad uh, so what, what I wrote down what I, what I wrote down about Jerry, and you know we try to have a connection to the room on yeah. every episode of this podcast, although we didn 't last week. So Jerry really has that big Denny energy. Uh, when oh, he is getting it on, he is exactly like Denny. He makes the exact same facial expression. <laughs> and uh, if you remember Denny, the little kid that's the weird neighbor from the room, he's got a lot of crossover with Jerry. And there actually were quite a few moments in this movie where I, I almost felt like uh, Tommy
1: Wiseau might have watched
0: this movie.
1: I just have one question for you on that, though. What about Elizabeth, huh? <laughs> <Or> his underwear? <laughs>
0: Yeah, so does that make Lydia Elizabeth? Or wait, who's Elizabeth? Wasn't it Michelle?
1: No, Elizabeth Elizabeth is the, the girl where he's telling uh, Tommy or Johnny, telling Johnny that he's in love with Lisa. Right. And Johnny's and, and like, oh, what about Elizabeth, huh? And she's like, you're right. I love her. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. be with her. I don't <laughs>
0: remember like, that what? part at all. But wasn't yeah, his there, girlfriend
1: it's... Michelle in the room? No, Michelle is the other guys. Like the, the, the random guy who you never inter- get introduced to really is like hooking up with Denny. Michelle. No, Denny's the one who's on the couch with uh, no, the girlfriend. No, it's a different no, it's not. guy. Oh, it's a God. different guy. Uh, it's I've the seen one who like twenty times. That's I don't
2: know. Brian, the one who trips, right? Yeah, De- is. Denny's the
1: one who's has yeah. has a drug problem and gets attacked by the one drug dealer is. on the roof. Right. that's who I'm talking about. My yeah, oh, so no, dog- I'm talking about Mike. You're
0: talking Denny. Yeah. There's a
1: different guy. There's a different, yeah. guy. there's a different guy. There's a different oh, guy. He's never God. introduced. You don't know anything about him. You don't know who yeah. he is. Yeah. You don't know who the girl is. They have yeah. a whole storyline where they mostly all they do is make out on the couch, right? That's right. and then thinking, they get you know, replaced
0: halfway through in, the movie in li-
1: in Johnny and family. Lisa's apartment. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. a
0: good th- it's a good thing that Rob Hudding does not listen to this podcast <laughs> because he would absolutely kill me Delight for that Delighter. horrible Delighter. room error with how many times I've seen the room. Yes, so Jerry has Big Mike energy, not Big Denny energy.
2: Yeah, he also, reminds me of f. Mike. Jerry. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. F Jerry. Like Jerry company. is an f asshole. He can go right to the fire festival where he can F off F Jerry.
0: Yes. We're not watching the fire festival movie next week. I Why not?
1: I? He's <laughs> a, yeah. He's a really bad guy. Like he's just, yeah. he's a cheater. He's, he's a gaslighting her the whole time. He's just absolutely awful. He's like yeah. asking her to get back together with him while he's impregnating his girlfriends on the, on the side. It's just, he's, he's extremely bad. Yeah. Yeah. Where does he
2: stack up for you in terms of '90s romantic comedy douchebag
0: boyfriends? He's near the bottom. There was probably a bad boyfriend in uh, "You've Got Mail," so I'm assuming. And uh, my best friend's wedding, and that guy wasn't that bad, was he? I don't think that. I don't think was that guy he was not bad. that bad. No, okay. he was just basic. Um,
2: yeah, okay,
0: maybe just basic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, well, I would like to congratulate Jerry on what is probably his uh, win in the British election recently. I'm assuming he probably ah. he probably won.
2: He, so, I did enjoy the actor's performance. I thought he was doing the best he could with the material he was giving. Oh, he was terrible, but, I thought. You know, but it's, yeah, it's not a great character and it's not a great plot. So, why is
0: Lydia so interested in this loser?
2: Like, no, she I, is, yeah, like, pursuing I, him throughout far the movie. Yeah. She bothered me far more than he did. I, I was like, why are you even in this movie? You, you obviously are acting on a different level than this movie is giving you. Because you're in the wrong movie Well, she character some,
0: was like she's two. in a
2: drama and everybody else is in a romantic comedy
0: well I think she's supposed to be overly dramatic what did you think about Lydia uh, did you put any thought into Lydia
1: yeah I didn't like her um, she was <laughs> very she was very unpleasant to be around um, I, it took me a while to place her but she's uh she plays Mitch McDear's wife in the firm oh, once, yeah. like once I saw that like a total click, so I was like oh I knew I knew her from somewhere yeah, um, yeah she's yeah I, I agree with Brendan she's just like very out of out of the tone of the movie and yeah. it's just like very irritating um just like every time she was on screen i like i wanted her to get off the screen because she she's she also really in Water crazy oh i've never seen that actually yeah it's I,
0: I recognized her from somewhere and i couldn't figure out what it was and it's because she's uh the girlfriend in mickey blue eyes which is oh. i remember liking that comedy in the early 2000s okay it's it's early. Uh, i never saw that either it's like a, a, a godfather spoof it stars james Kahn and hugh grant yeah. It's, I guess kind really of trying
2: to have but, uh, he has a British accent, but he's trying to perform a New York accent. Is that what it is?
0: No, he's he's British, and he's uh, he's engaged to this woman, and her father is in the mafia, and so he's okay. trying to like fit in with them. And it's got it. It's got it's, it's got it. funnier than this movie. I will say that. Uh, so you know, I I put in my notes, and I think we've kind of answered this. Who who is the worst, Lydia or Jerry?
2: I mean, I, I I'm gonna say. Lydia is actually probably worse than Jerry now that I think about it because she just doesn't belong in this movie. She also called the uh, Gordo Paltrow character over to the house and was like, "Oh, see, I'm effing your boyfriend,"
1: and, and which weekend. led to her falling down the stairs. Yeah,
2: exactly. So yeah, it's definitely Lydia. Yeah, it's. What
1: I think I th- think she's a more annoying character, but I think Jerry is a worse person. Because uh, like, I mean, Lydia is like she's like legitimately, l- legitimately in like a very complicated spot like she has this guy who's like kind of telling her i'm gonna you know i, I want to be with you but he's not gonna right. actually make a decision so she's just like really trying to force the issue um maybe not in the most tactful way but like I mean, she's, she's like she's she's being wronged in a similar way as helen right. is being wrong that's fair maybe not exactly she's just reacting
2: to it in a different way yeah and but jerry she's still is absolutely just absolutely an insane person
1: yeah 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 no she's not good <laughs> Uh, if so it, someone, if there's someone like Lydia in your life, just stop. It, it certainly stop before yeah. you knock before you knock her Twitter. up.
2: Unfollow them on Twitter. Mute them on Facebook.
0: Get out. Uh, so who's a better friend? We got Russell, Anne, and Clive. Do you guys even Clive, Clive is hilarious. Is? Now
2: he I was probably Clive. my favorite
1: part of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Because he he understands what Jerry is. Like he like he doesn't like sugar. No, that's anything. Russell. Clive is oh, the guy okay. with red hair. Clive is the oh, guy. Who, not- like, apologize. Yeah, I like Russell as well. Okay, I was thinking of him. Okay, yeah. so He was my favorite guy in the movie. He was very funny.
2: Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's uh Doug McFerrin. Yeah, Russell is a good dude. I actually really like and usually do. I think they're usually cast well. I like the girlfriend's best friend role. And so I'm going to have to go with um Anne. I really enjoyed her. I thought I wish they had given her a little more to do. But I thought the few scenes she was in, she was really, really good. So yeah.
0: she's she's got like Hillary Rodham Clinton hair from the 90s. Yeah, a little bit. That's yeah, yeah, can see
2: it. Yeah. Uh,
0: and, and the other thing that I wrote down is that James should probably fire his secretary. She's oh, really 100%. quite a bit yeah. of personal information to just a random person who shows up looking for him.
2: Yeah, that's 100 percent true. But James also should have been more upfront with the girl he was dating. Yes, but. His receptionist, yes. this random person, this shows up that she
0: doesn't know, and yeah. the and so Helen asks the receptionist where James is, and reception the receptionist says, "Oh, he's visiting his sick mother in the hospital with his wife."
1: That nobody, is yeah, nobody
2: responds in that way, in that sentence yeah. structure to a question. You like
1: shouldn't that. be disseminating that much information to a stranger. Right.
2: Exactly. 100%. I don't know if that's
1: exactly yeah. how she said it. That's about how it. Yeah. Yeah. I my, I, I watched this movie with uh, with my wife. My wife. And <laughs> um, so we we debated at the end. So because I thought that James like basically did nothing wrong. Like he, you know, mishandled the situation, but like doesn't do anything quote wrong or like immoral. Whereas right. she thought that like he should he like he it to be more forthcoming about what was going on, the fact that he was still married, even if separated, is something that like you you should you should be mentioning to someone after you've seen them several times. That's it. I, yeah, t- I guess I mean, I, both I,
2: having never been married, I can't really weigh in on one way or another as far as the morality yeah. of the law goes. But I think James definitely probably with how serious he was trying to get with her should have been more upfront
1: earlier. Yeah, the movie definitely wants you to think he's just like a pure good guy and like that his explanation right. is totally satisfactory and like right. and cleanses whatever problem there may have been. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm open to the possibility that it's, you know, it's more nuanced than that.
0: Yeah, no, I think that, I think they were just trying to show like yeah, we faked you out and you think he's a bad guy but actually he's a good guy. Right. He's just protecting us. Exactly. All right. So Brendan wrote down a, a fun game for us to play That's It's called the remake game. Um, and I think, you know, the first is like with this movie, you know, this movie is a TV show. They just brought back four weddings. and a funeral. So, you know, they do bring back nineties rom-coms because the premise is pretty cool. And, and the premise of like, yeah. what if one incident changes the, the paths and even if they did, you know, they could even do different episodes and each episode is like its own sliding doors. You know, oh, do you guys it, have people who you would want to see play in the remake or, or ways you would want to see it remade?
1: I'll just I'll just throw it if you saw Russian Doll. Um,
0: oh, yeah. That kind it of, that,
1: yeah, that kind, of, that kind of plays with that premise a little bit. And yeah. It's excellent. Yeah,
0: it definitely does. Yeah, and I think, you know, I don't think we need to sit here and, like, recast every role. Yeah. I'll, I I'll really I'll would long, go
1: with, uh, in the lead, I'll do Gwyneth Paltrow with an American accent because her British <laughs> accent was horrible. So she's not British, right? I don't believe so. No, no, okay.
0: she's not. Her father is Bruce Paltrow.
2: I believe they're originally from Texas. Yeah,
1: I oh, yeah. I thought he's, I thought she's from California, but she, I, well, I'm like 99% but... sure she's American. I just yeah. I'm not gonna swear to it because I, so, I often get these things wrong. But yeah. yeah, it was just like very weird that they cast her and like made this whole thing a British movie, and she she like her English accent is brutal.
0: I like that it took place in London because I do like movies that take place yeah. in London. Um, I'm you know big fat like Notting Hill and, um, you know some other Hugh Grant romantic comedies. Obviously, I've brought up Hugh Grant a couple times but yeah. it was weird to cast this actress i guess she was just a big name star at the time and definitely the biggest well, name in the movie.
2: and i think it made sense for her to take the role because she was filming in london already with uh shakespeare love so it was probably easy for her to do simultaneous or back-to-back filming because mm. she was already over in london so yeah
0: I don't have any strong preferences, though, of like who should play any other roles. I mean, I um, guess like like know, would, John Hamm or something is the. I would say the, the
2: alternate Helen um is, uh, Cameron Diaz because she's also uh, was often mistaken for Gwyneth Paltrow in the nineties. I would always get those two mixed up, so I would say Cameron Diaz.
0: But if they remade this movie, they would need somebody younger, like both well, Gwyneth yeah, Paltrow yeah, and definitely. Cameron Diaz. No offense to them, they're a little old for this role now.
2: Yeah. The, um, if I, was, if I was recasting it for someone um, her age in the 90s, I would probably give it to somebody like of sh- s- becoming like a Saoirse Ronan or a... Um...
1: Saoirse Ronan's not doing this movie. I'm sorry.
2: No, she's not. <laughs> she's, she's, reading, good... she's,
1: she's reading this script a, and then um... firing her agent for sending it to her.
2: No, or, or like an Emma Watson.
1: Emma yeah. Watson is more reasonable. Um, a little lower even probably. Yeah, and probably. I would
2: probably actually you said John Ham for Jerry. While I was watching this, I was more thinking John Ham for J- for uh, Jades.
0: No, but John Ham is so sparmy though; he'd be perfect That's for fair. Jerry. Yeah, That's he's fair. a
1: good he's a good Jerry, and then I would say I think the couple from Catastrophe, uh, Rob Delaney and Sharon oh. Morgan, I think they would yeah. slide very nicely into being Helen Friends. and and, and Jane. No, I think that as the main couple. Oh, I think uh, she would. Fair. I think she yes. would be excellent as as, as the Helen role. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, and they had and a he, pregnancy. And he could, and he could be like shirt.
1: the like the uh, you know, goofy, awkward new guy who's like trying to flirt with her.
0: Yeah, I feel like you you need to cast some funny people. And I mean they're both funny, yeah, so but they're like drier. I think you just need some like laugh out loud people. So I feel like you could almost take like even if it's uh maybe in the in the Anna role and the best friend of Helen, you know, maybe right. like a Kate McKinnon
1: or somebody who's yeah. just and then you gonna get be a like little a bit round, more, more you get comedic. like
2: around as Russell.
1: You know, yeah, and yeah. to that to that point, I think that, you know, there was very – there's nothing that even comes to mind. And I don't think there was anything where the premise and, like, the two different parallel universe does something that gets played for laughs. That, like, mm. you, you laugh as a result of, like, remembering what happened in the other one, and now it's funny here. Like, I, I don't think that happened even one time, and, like, right. that's just – Bad writing that they didn't like, they couldn't use the premise to like generate laughter in this movie. The, the yeah. probably the most clever thing that they
0: did was they had when Helen is being a successful PR executive, uh, she orders the sandwiches instead of being the one delivering the sandwiches, which isn't right. funny, but it's it's kind of clever. And then they had the the boat racing, uh, rowing scene as well, which almost led to one of my connections of the results of that scene.
1: Yeah, no, there, there were moments, but uh, you know, I think you know, a, a much better version of this movie uses its premise to generate a lot of good. Jokes. Jokes, and this yeah, movie right. just didn't do that.
0: Why don't we all say our favorite romantic comedy? It doesn't have to be from the 90s, just our favorite romantic comedy overall. Av, you want to lead us off?
1: Yeah, my favorite romantic comedy, I'm going to go chalky here. This is a movie that I hadn't seen until this year. It's When Harry Met Sally. It's the best. That's well, the classic. Yeah. So I said I was being chalky, but it's, yeah. it's the correct answer, I think.
0: I haven't seen that in a really long time. I remember liking it. I don't remember. I remember it got a lot of hype. Uh, I actually you know, when I I saw that in Annie Hall right around the same time and uh, I'm not picking Annie Hall as my favorite, but I, you know, despite, you know, separating the art, the art from the artist, I do really like Annie Hall. I got to say that my favorite romantic comedy, the first one that comes to mind is, um, You've Got Mail just as a big Tom Hanks stan. I got to pick You've Got Mail in it. It, it ages poorly, but it's almost like, uh, it's almost like adds to adds to that movie just how dated it is um and that now how yeah, that movie they could remake like a sequel to that movie that would totally flip the script on it
2: uh yeah i would i would have to go with something else from the 90s the 90s was a really great uh decade for romantic comedies i think i would probably go something more in the high school genre of like a 10 things i hate about you it's a really great movie, or even go back to the 80s and say something like Say Anything. I don't think I've seen Say Anything before.
1: I watched I watched it recently, and I was not a fan. I really did not yeah. like it, um, which is, I was very annoyed by that, because in yeah. uh, Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs, the very famous Chuck Klosterman book, his first yeah. chapter is all about Say Anything and the Lloyd Dobler character and how he's yeah. become oh, like right. this archetype of like – romance in society and so i was like very excited to actually go see that movie and i just found it to be like a total dud i i thought it was just like so boring didn't like the characters i
2: think we talked about this last week and a lot of these movies i think it depends what age and year you see them
1: for sure because i mean
2: i think you're you're probably you're you're gonna enjoy romantic comedies you saw more as a teenager than you are as an adult Case in point, the one we're watching right
1: now. Yeah, and in general, movies often just like work at a certain time and place and like don't Mm -hmm. necessarily work when you revisit them 20 years later. But like if you already have a positive connection with the movie and nostalgia, and just like have a warmth for the characters in it, you're going to, when you rewatch it, you're going to like it, even if it's it doesn't hold up for somebody who's watching it for the first time. Um, And I think that's often the case with like rewatching and watching old movies. Yeah, because
0: there's lots of 90s and early 2000s Romantic comedies that I really like, Uh, Nine Months, Father of the Bride, uh, Ten Things I Hate About You, My Best Friend's Wedding. And I like those all the time. And I feel like if I revisited them, it probably would be similar to this. One romantic comedy that I just recently watched is Isn't It Romantic, which is like Mm -hmm. spoofing romantic comedies. And that was just cringeworthy.
1: Another one with a good a good premise, fun idea. Like when as it starts out, you're like, there's a few good jokes like in the first ten minutes where you're like, Okay, I see where this is going, I like this, and then there's just like nothing after that. It's just really
0: Yeah, bad. I do I do yeah. think that the whole idea of like a good premise is happens a lot with these romantic comedies and the ones that stick around are the ones that have a good premise and then actually deliver on them.
1: Yeah. The, the thing is like yeah. the romantic comedy itself has to be good. So like, I think that isn't it romantic totally did not land that like the actual, her romance story in that movie is bad. And I think the romance story of this movie is bad and a good gimmick will like peak people's interest, but it's not going to get them to stick and it's not going to stick the landing. Yeah. That's true. Father, the bride did stick the landing. Yeah. It did. And father so did the father, father, the bride too. Yeah. Those are the greatest. Yes.
0: love. That. Uh, all right. Well, let's get to our final ratings. Um, and then let's move on to our connections where maybe we can be a little more positive about things. And if you Wait, like this movie, you know, I, I will say I did like this movie when I first saw it. It still has like a endearing uh, part for me, just from, from what I like have the nostalgic feelings towards it. So, you know, I, I'm a little higher on it than i Brendan, I would assume, but let's see.
1: Um, yeah. I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of five. And two of those two and a half points is for the premise. <laughs>
2: i'm actually gonna agree with you and also give it a 2.5 um a couple other performances are good the premise starts off well um but it just doesn't do everything it can do to make the most of the movie that it's given or the time that it puts into it yeah
0: um yeah it's a 2.5 All right. So I've got a 2.5. Brennan's got a 2.5. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit higher than you guys just probably based on nostalgia and I'm going to give it a Uh, 3.5. I don't think it's necessarily a great movie. I was a little bored watching it, but I do like the premise and I think in the right hands, it could be remade into something a little bit better. You know, it's not really going to move the needle on our final score. I don't think, but I'll do the 3.5. So, uh, yeah. And, um, so we did get some, some listener feedback and jeff and jean watched it uh and jeff actually gave it a four. Oh wow and okay. jean gave it a five. five so jean his wife really liked it yeah it's as good um, as the godfather wow. <laughs> in, in her eyes uh he said she's pretty pretty liberal with her ratings and he's jeff said i did enjoy the movie and it does make you think about what would happen if one little thing changed i agree it's a great premise and so i'm glad that they both liked it um you know that i think that Brendan, do we get any other listeners?
2: No, but that's going to average it out to two three-point guys and two two two-point guys, which is going to give us an average of three. Three, all right. That's
0: right down the middle. I think that's fair for this movie. So I think
2: that's fair. I think that's right down the middle. That is right in the middle of what Alvin and I think and what the listeners and you are a little higher on this. I think that's fair. Um, I certainly would agree that this is so far the worst of the four movies we've watched.
1: Yeah, yeah probably I think, I think we all agree uh, uh be- b- before we move on to the ladder should we do an alternate version where we all like the movie yeah <laughs> an alternate <laughs> version where, where i stopped at the grocery store on the
0: way home last week and didn't get a car <laughs> accident uh you know one thing i will say also is just in terms we didn't talk a lot about connections because the only connection with this movie really was the train did you guys find any other connections between this movie and taking a problem one two three
1: Nothing that I thought of. And really. to be honest, I assumed that this movie took place in New York and it was on the New York subway. So the movie, <laughs> like, it, the connection ended up being a little bit weaker than it, than it was in my head last week.
0: But if there was somebody who missed the train uh, on taking of Pelham, then maybe they wouldn't have been
1: killed. Right, or maybe they would be killed the next week. Right, that's true. Uh,
0: And we did also have a main character named Jerry, even though it's spelled differently, in Fargo, which is not the movie we were connecting to, but our first movie that we discussed, Fargo, the main character is named Jerry. So there's a connection there. It's a connection. Yeah. All right, so with that, let's get into our movie ladder connections for next week's movie that we're going to discuss. If you're just rejoining us, uh, of course, we just got finished talking about the 1998 Gwyneth Paltrow vehicle Sliding Doors and giving our ratings and talking a little bit about romantic comedies and alternate timelines and all kinds of fun things about Sliding Doors. Now we're going to go through the listener suggestions. Of course, if you have a suggestion that you want to send to us, you always can send that in on Twitter at Ladder Movie or uh, you can email us, themovieladder at gmail.com. And just let us know what your connection is between the movie that we're going to be discussing on the next episode and another movie that you'd like to suggest. We actually have quite a few connections to get into, so definitely send that over. And as always, we uh, do update our Letterboxd watch list with all of the movies that are suggested, because there are lots of movies that are going to be suggested, and only one is going to make it through to next week's episode of the Movie Ladder podcast. So what do you guys think about that?
1: I think it sounds like a great idea for a podcast. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. So, yeah. Well, we made the, the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> we're making, we're making the right choice. Uh, all right, great. So, you know, we have quite a few listener suggestions and each of us have brought a few of our own suggestions as well. And of course, these connections can be based on anything from actor to director, writer. Uh, it could even be like the cinematographer that worked on the movie or it just a plot or theme connection. For example, this movie was connected to the movie Taking of Pelum One Two Three that we recapped last week because there is a train and it was turned out to be sort of a loose connection. But the plot hinges on a
2: train, something that does or does not happen on a train. Yeah. So there you
0: go. All right. Brandon, you want to kick us off with some of uh, Jeff's suggestions? Yeah.
2: So your good friend Jeff sent in a few suggestions. Um he suggested Austin Powers Gold Member, which is streaming on Netflix. What uh, if Paltrow is in Gold Member, but I have no memory of
0: her being in it.
2: Um, I don't either, but, but they yeah, do talk
0: a lot about shagging in, that is Austin, also in Austin Powers.
2: Yeah, and I believe part of it probably takes place in London because Austin Powers is British. So you have the London connection, uh, England connection, and What if Paltrow. And it
0: connects to all these Bond movies that I'm watching. I did just watch Goldfinger Great and then.
1: Um, And then we can watch Gold Gold Member. I haven't seen um, that movie in a long time. I'm assuming you've seen that. I have, but I I don't remember it very well. I I know I saw it in the theater,
2: but I don't recall much about it, except that Tom, I think it's Tom Cruise has a cameo at the beginning as Austin Powers in a fake movie about Austin Powers.
1: That sounds familiar. Um, And Kevin Spacey plays the fake Dr. Evil. Oh. Um, yeah, I I would assume, my recollection is that the Austin Powers movies got progressively worse with each passing that, that is my
2: recollection as well, yes.
0: yes. Um, so, and uh, I also would, I would also assume that that movie probably ages even
1: poorer than this
0: movie does.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I would assume all, all three of those movies would be super canceled if we tried to watch them. Yeah. So the first one isn't too
2: bad, but yeah.
1: All right, what is, uh, what is the next suggestion on the list?
2: Yeah, so Jeff also suggests another Gwyneth Culture movie, uh, one that may also be on the verge of being canceled and she may want to forget, and that is the 2000 co- comedy, in air
0: quotes, Shallow Hal. That would definitely be canceled if that came out yeah. now.
2: <laughs> I don't think we could watch Shallow Hal, but I have a funny Shallow Hal anecdote. When I was in college uh, we had a creative writing teacher who would assign essays where you had to take two movies and find the thematic connections between them and I was uh, a tutor at the writing lab and kept getting students for three straight years coming to me for help on writing essays comparing Shallow Hell to Remember the Titans.
0: How do you connect Shallow Hell and remember the Titans? And would we have to do Shallow Hell and then do remember the Titans? I think you would have to,
2: yeah. I think we would have to to find the thematic connections between the two. But yeah, it was uh, it was one of my least favorite things that would happen every every semester. But um, it's it's a lot about the themes and not judging people by their yada yada yada. You know. Yeah. It's, accepting it, it, people for who they are. Yeah,
1: and, it, the the heart of that movie yeah. is in is in the right place. Yeah, yeah, the heart of it is
2: in
0: the right place, but the comedy is not. I think I would confuse Shallow Hell and uh Bigelow Spiglow male Jigglow. I think I I was like thinking about the different jokes in those two movies, and I think that I'm confusing them. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, next up we have a couple of Monty Python
2: suggestions from Jeff and from Travis Payne. Uh Jeff suggests Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And Travis Payne, otherwise known as t Payne, said Pick any Monty Python movie. So I'm going to pick another Monty Python movie and throw it in there, and that's going to be Monty Python's Life of Brian. So we have the two, quote-unquote, most popular Monty Python movies up for grabs this week, uh, Holy Grail and Life of Brian. What do you guys think? Um,
1: I, I watched Holy Grail for the first time earlier this year and detested it. Uh, I think like that's a really one. hot
0: take. I I don't really yeah. remember *Holy Grail*. But
1: people love it. Yeah, no, I, I know. I'll, I'm happy to admit that I'm you know in the very vast minority here. But you know, it it could you know I I guess I should have been less surprised that I didn't love a British comedy from the 1970s. But right. it just it I I just found it very unpleasant to watch. Didn't laugh at all. And not that eager to watch further Monty Python movies at this point, but if I get outvoted, it is they do re-
0: they do reference Monty Python a lot they do in quite this a bit, movie. I think, is, I think it's yes, like their, uh, their, the their running is. joke is uh, in this movie was the quote no- from Monty Python, but yeah. there were two different quotes from Monty Python that they kept so, uh, nobody
2: expects the Spanish Inquisition is right. from Monty
0: Python's Flying Circus. Yes, and, and always look the on the name. bright side of life was the other one that they, and use. that
2: is actually directly from Monty Python's Life of Brian. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there you go. And then Jeff's final suggestion is the Wizard of Oz, just because of Dorothy traveling into an alternate world and then waking up in her bed at the end and not quite knowing where she was and whether or what just happened to her was real, which is kind of how we all felt after watching this movie.
0: I kind of love that suggestion. I'm trying to think how if there's other share? connections. Uh, I don't know if Wizard of Oz is streaming anywhere, also, but. A Wizard of Oz podcast would be very fun and very different from any other movies that we've talked about so far in this process. Yeah, I
2: I think we can have a lot of fun with Wizard of Oz. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of musicals and movies and Judy Garland, and Wizard of Oz is actually a really fun watch. So I I don't hate the suggestion. Um, I just feel, I I do think it's our weakest connection of our suggestions this week.
0: Yeah, we also have the two different timelines where Dorothy
1: looks different. And, you know, she's black and white in one and she's bright in color in the other. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have to be sold on the Wizard of Oz because, famously, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I watched mm-hmm. it over and over and over again as a child. Um, but I'll say that I think the the connection is kind of weak, so yeah. I don't, I don't love it for that reason. Here, all right. Well, what else do we got? We don't have to decide yet.
2: Yeah, we got a couple more. Uh, our good friend Ab Sutton sent in a really obvious suggestion of Grabhog Day. Um, I think we all uh, are familiar with Grabhog Day understand the connection there um for those of you who haven't seen groundhog day it's about a man who wakes up on groundhog day and continues to play out the same day over and over again um so the, the thematic connection is there
1: uh, and the and and calendar connection because yeah, groundhog, groundhog day is the sunday
0: yeah so it will be very yeah.
1: timely to talk about it probably
0: will even be on like amc or usa or one of those channels playing repeatedly on sunday i would assume I yeah would that's like. fair
1: um couple and, more. Uh, AB, AB's family um, mm. has a uh, tradition every year of all getting together to watch Groundhog Day since he's a, a, oh, a little kid. so I, it's, I know it's one of his favorites yeah
0: good for him that's awesome Groundhog Day is one of those movies the more I watch it the more I like it so that's like an anti-connection between right. uh, <laughs> between sliding doors <laughs> and Groundhog Day that's fair
2: that's fair a uh, couple more movies on here uh, Butterfly Effect was suggested by Rachel uh Butterfly Effect is another one where you change one thing, you change everything. Um, starting Aston Kutcher. And
0: I'm assuming that's Rachel senensky would be your wife. And that's oh, my, my wife. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, just my wife. Point. Yeah, not not your daughter. Your daughter didn't suggest Butterfly Effect. <laughs> she did not. Uh and Butterfly Effect came out right around the same time. Um, I believe yeah, I did. went on a first date to Butterfly Effect. It's oh, not a great first date movie.
2: That's yeah, that's a bad first date movie. Yeah.
0: What would have um, happened had we gone and seen whatever else was out?
2: Yeah, speaking of other bad first date movies, uh, Seven is also on here, as is suggested by Owen. Is it E-Lin? Olin? Owen? L-A-N. O L A N? I'm gonna butcher your name. I'm sorry. I think it's pronounced Owen, but you tell me if I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, I think it's Owen, but. Is it Owen? Right. Do you know? So, uh, the I didn't did know, but I, I can't remember at the moment. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, he's yeah. my friend and I don't know how to say his I name. Am, I apologize. <laughs> um, um, seven, a movie that I watched with my wife when we were dating because she told me she had never seen it before. And I was like, oh my God, you need to see Seven. And then as we were watching it, it became increasingly clear that she had at least at least seen some of it oh, and yeah. then most of it. And then when we got to the final scene all of it. I was like, oh, so you've seen this entire movie. She like, oh, I know what's in that box. Oh, and no. And I said, oh, so you, so you saw the movie. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, well, and she's still, I'm just glad she still decided to marry you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we,
1: had, we had been dating for a little while at that
0: point, so. Well, and yeah, speaking Jordan. of that movie, there is another connection between Sliding Doors and Seven. What's that? Which I am not going to say, but uh, uh, yeah, they're connected please. in another way. And if you don't, watch the please. movie, you no. Know, I'm not going to say <laughs> it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Even though I think people probably know, but... Uh, yeah, all uh, right, yeah, what, what else do is. we got? So, so, last
2: two are uh, It's a Wonderful Life, which uh, all deals with alternate reality as well. Uh, alternate life. And a bridge. And
0: There's a bridge that plays a prominent role in It's a Wonderful Life. Also, true, like also true.
2: And four Weddings and a Funeral uh, with the John Hanna connection. Uh, both of those also suggested by Olin.
0: So. Yeah. Uh, I've cool. seen four weddings. I've actually, I think, I've seen every movie that was suggested. I have seen every movie that the yeah, I definitely had two, but that's fine. Uh, four weddings and funerals, fun, and I'm a big Q Grant guy. So
2: yeah. Well, Av, why don't you bring in your uh, personal suggestions for this week, and we'll see
1: what we got. Sure. Um, I have three suggestions. All of them are connections that are based on the theme of alternate timelines. Um, The first one is a movie from just last year that featured alternate timelines, and it is a movie that featured Gwyneth Paltrow in it. It's a very small movie that probably nobody saw. Um, It's called Avengers Endgame.
0: (laughs) That would be interesting. Oh, wow. I I did not put that connection together. I mean, I knew Gwyneth Paltrow was in it, obviously, uh, but did not think about Avengers Endgame uh, having the multiple timelines, even though it does.
1: Um, sure. There you go. Um, my second connection is one of my favorite movies of all time. Probably the first movie that I ever saw that featured an alternate timeline and like totally broke my brain. And that is Back to the Future Part 2.
0: Oh my god, my favorite movie. If we did a Back to the Future Part 2 movie, that would just be wild. I
2: feel like there's a difference between time travel movies and alternate reality movies. But that in Back to the Future wins.
1: 2 they actually changed the timeline.
0: That's
2: a given. Yeah.
1: There's like two and like yes. he literally gets on a on a chalkboard and draws here's timeline 1, here's timeline yeah. 2. I was here's thinking on this, in more in, this I was one thinking thing on that's more
2: in terms of Endgame and Back to
0: the Future two.
1: Yeah. Fair it, enough. Fair enough. Yeah.
0: they do the same thing. Um,
1: and okay, and then my number th- my third suggestion is a movie that I've never seen before. This is a movie that I found out about. I don't even know anyone who's seen this, but it was like on one of those lists of like the best movies you've never heard of okay. that and it's therefore been on my list of movies to see for like 10 years and I still haven't gotten around to seeing it. It's a movie called Mr. Nobody and it stars Jared Leto and from what I understand the basic premise is he's like 120 years old and this is a world where They've, they're, they've solved mortality and everybody now lives forever, except he's the last guy still alive from the time period before they, they solved immortality. So he's like the last person who's gonna die. And he's like reflecting on these like sliding doors types moments in his life where, like, if what if and like it shows all the different versions of like how if things have gone a different way. So that's what I read as the basic premise. It's always been a movie that's intrigued me, um, but I've just like never gotten around to see it. And I thought it was like a pretty uh, spot yeah. on thematic suggestion for this movie
2: yeah so it looks like this is a movie from 2009 it has a 7.8 on imdb and looks like it's been pretty highly reviewed but you're right very little seen. um but yeah i'm intrigued very cool
0: yeah i've never heard of it uh it yeah. would be interested to watch that um you know it's interesting because of one thing that i just remembered as you're talking about that you said kind of the sliding doors uh of it all or whatever you you just said and one thing that we didn't even discuss is and this isn't a spoiler for the movie so we can still discuss it is the fact that sliding doors has had this giant cultural footprint because you still hear people reference like the sliding doors of something happening just just earlier today i was listening to a podcast and they were talking about a version of somebody who didn't do something and they they described her as sliding Doors sandra that's so your sliding
2: doors moment, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean,
0: people talk about sliding doors. I, I think a lot more people talk about sliding doors than I've actually seen sliding doors.
1: Yeah, after okay. I saw the movie, so I when, when, basically whenever I go, whenever I see a movie, I go into itunes and do like a search by podcast episode for the movie that i just saw because i want to you know hear what people have to say about it and the first when i typed in sliding doors the first result was the bill simmons podcast from like last week where yeah. him and chris ryan discussed like 76 or sliding doors scenarios or something oh like that. that's right they did i was listening to that and i was like oh that's good timing yeah. yeah that was like literally the first result was like nothing to do like most of the results had nothing to do with the movie it was they were about just like the the phrase sliding doors in other things also when you mm-hmm. google the term sliding doors you don't get anything about the movie you get links to like Lowe's and Home Depot trying to sell <laughs> you sliding doors for your shower
0: right <laughs> um, and if you go with Lowe's over Home Depot there might be a whole sliding doors timeline that you set off and that, I think you know the cultural footprint of sliding doors makes me really think sliding doors is prime for some sort of television reboot I, think we should be I,
2: I could see it as a ten episode Netflix series, as they like to say on the rewatchables. I can definitely see it being rebooted as a Netflix series, but it kind of already was with Russian Doll.
1: Yeah, that's why it needs to be on like Hulu so, or something. Yeah, and just like a lot of other things, I feel like you you know yeah. it just I think that that phenomenon has been like kind of played out where unless you have like a really interesting story to tell, like the the, the gimmick of it is just like not gonna like be exciting to people at this point. Like we've seen enough if of that sort sure. of stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they'd have to do a lot more of the like same scene shown from different perspectives from the different timelines and, and crossover. But yeah. Uh all right. Anyways, I took us on a tangent, but it was just something I thought of that we really needed to make sure we <laughs> we got into this podcast. Yeah, this no, the it makes sense. Lasting legacy of sliding doors. All right, Brendan, what are your recommendations? Yeah.
2: So I'm gonna bring two recommendations this week. Uh one of them I actually already talked about earlier in the podcast. Uh, minor spoilers for our review of Sliding Doors from earlier in the podcast, but I got huge yesterday energy from this movie, and I would be curious, having watched Sliding Doors, to revisit the 2019 uh, Beatles themed movie from last year yesterday, in which a man wakes up in a world where no one remembers the Beatles except for him, and it happens after he's in an accident, um, a lot of very, uh, tonal and thematic moments are similar to what happens in sliding doors. So I'd be curious to revisit yesterday. So I decided to throw it in there as one of my official suggestions as i talked about it earlier in the podcast.
0: Um, yeah, it, it doesn't sound like you guys were super high on yesterday. The yeah, we kind
2: of already beat the drum on it, but I also thought it might be fun for the listeners who haven't seen it to finally be able to, uh, get a chance to actually see it. Because I mean, it is actually a more enjoyable movie than Sliding Doors. It's yes. just not. It's not as good as it could have been given the premise.
0: Well, and uh, at least in Sliding Doors, they only hate on Elton John. They don't hate on the Beatles.
2: That's a fair point. That's a fair yeah.
0: point. All right. What but, was your other one? Um, the other big thing
2: I got away from this movie that I actually really liked and wanted to go away. Wanted to uh, find a movie with a theme on, and kept going back and forth between a few different um, movies with this theme. I decided to go into the Affair Gone Wrong theme of this, of Sliding Doors and decided to suggest Fatal Attraction, starring Michael Douglas and Glenn Close, which I have never seen, but I've obviously seen scenes of because they are always played in movie montages of scariest or craziest movie moments. Um, but I've never actually seen all of Fatal Attraction and I'd be very interested to.
0: Yeah, I don't remember if I've seen it. I mean, I get Fatal Attraction and Basic Instinct and I feel like there was probably one other movie from around that time that's kind of the same concept. Uh, I get all of those confused. What's the one where Sharon Stone crosses her legs?
2: That's Basic Instinct.
0: Oh, okay. So I've seen that one.
2: Okay. Well, those are my two suggestions and that's all I'm going to bring today. Um, Did
1: you see Fatal Attraction? Uh, I don't think I've seen Fatal Attraction or Basic Instinct, to be honest. No. Okay. Yeah
0: um all right well my i brought three i actually almost had four of course i always have almost movies that i want to do so my almost pick which is not one i'm suggesting uh because of basically because of the scene where they're rowing and yeah. that was that was the big the big connection i was going to suggest the social network That's... but uh because there's a big rowing scene in there i decided not to suggest that one Thank you. so i do have three And because we've basically only seen movies that I've seen either the original of or the remake of, I was hoping to pick something I've never seen. So I picked three movies I've never seen. The first is In the Name of the Father, and that stars Daniel Day-Lewis. I know nothing else about that movie. It's from the 90s, um, and it does have John Lynch in it, who played Jerry. So I figured Ah, that was a good reason to pick In the Name of the Father – uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. I think it is pretty. No, cool. I've,
1: I've never not. seen I think, it. I think that was a Best Picture nominee.
2: It yes. was a Best Picture nominee, and did um, DDL yeah. win the Best Actor for that one? The I don't think did. so. I don't he know. Did? So or
1: it's or
0: from 1993. Right? Uh, I'm staying. I, I don't even really want to click the program. Yes, from.
1: yes, but he did. He did win. It won. It. it oh no! Sorry, no, he was nominated.
0: So. Okay. So yeah, so it, it's timely for Academy Awards.
1: It was nominated for Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Actor in a Supporting Role, Best Director, and Best Picture. So a lot of awesome love. Interesting. Um, oh, directed by Jim Sheridan, whose movie The Boxer I just saw this past week. Oh. Also with Daniel Day-Lewis and did not like very much. I'm watching that for the uh, 32 fans movies boxing bracket. Um, it is uh, called The Boxer. It is not remotely close to being a boxing movie. Yeah. What, wait, when did right. the boxer come out? I'm trying to remember. Uh 1998 or something like that, I okay. think. Right. I like, oh 67? it's got it's got Renee Russo in it, right? Uh Emily Watson. Yeah.
0: Oh Emily Watson? Really? Oh yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't I've never seen it. She's a main right. female lead. Uh so yeah, so my first my first pick is in the name of the father. My second pick is uh, a movie that I saw Ava's already seen. I don't think Brendan has seen it. Mm-hmm. And it's one we've discussed earlier. It was filmed right around the same time as this also with Gwyneth Paltrow related to Shakespeare in Love. So, uh, I by side uh you didn't give it a really good review on Letterboxd or
1: on- Yeah, I just I just watched it like 3 weeks ago. So, <laughs> yeah. Definitely not one that I want to watch immediately well,
0: again. I mean, to be fair, you could test the rules of this podcast, right? If you just watched yeah. it, you know there's of limitations if you recently watched oh, it. Oh,
1: could I just count that as my watch is what you're saying? Right. Uh- yeah, um, I'm more open to it if I can do that. <laughs> Cuz I really don't want to watch it again. It was okay, but like whatever. Yeah, it it was mean, it was a pretty I thought it was pretty forgettable. Yeah,
0: yeah I know nothing I, about it.
2: I have seen it. Uh, last time I saw it was in college, uh, for my, uh, actual, for my, uh, Shakespeare class for my theater degree. Uh, it was one of the movies we watched. So, oh, all right. Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, wasn't super impressed, but would be interested to revisit it, but I don't, I don't know that now is the right time.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then my third movie, uh, and the connection here is that I noticed in the credits that sliding doors was produced by Sydney Pollack. And Ooh. so I was like, oh, Sidney Pollock! I recognize that name. So then I was clicking around his IMDb, and I was looking at movies that he also produced. And I saw one that I have never really heard of, but I've seen on a lot of best of the decade lists. And it's also with a female lead, and it is called Margaret. Uh, and I don't really know much about it, again. Um, Sidney Pollock did not
1: direct Margaret. Not directed, produced it. Produced he it, produced okay. it. Yes. yeah. Margaret was directed by Kenneth Lonergan, who also directed Manchester by the Sea and Margaret is awesome it's it's an amazing movie
0: yeah so and i don't, i don't know anything about it i just know i had never even heard of it until i started seeing these best of the decade lists
1: yeah it's really good um it it's like one of these like classic it was like a huge fight between Lonergan and the studio to like get it made because like, he wanted it to be like 17 hours and like they wanted it to be an hour and 40 and like they fought for years about like final cut. And then eventually it got like released like on demand or something, or it was, it was released like many years later to wide audiences than when it was actually finished. Yeah.
0: So, uh, and it looks like it, the final runtime is 149 minutes. So that's like two wow. and a half hours.
1: Yeah. So, that's a commitment. Um, I think there's different versions of it.
0: Oh, okay. So, yeah, uh, I didn't know anything about it, so I figured that would be a fun one to potentially check out. So, yeah, my three are In the Name of the Father,
1: Shakespeare in Love, and Margaret, with an honorable mention to the social network.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: All right, Brendan, why don't you give us the, uh, the rundown on what we're choosing between? Yeah,
2: so we have a few. We have quite a few options this week to choose from. We have Austin Powers Gold Member, Shallow Hell, Two Monty Pythons, Life of Brian or the Holy Grail, Wizard of Oz... Groundhog Day, The Butterfly Effect, Seven, It's a Wonderful Life, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Avengers Endgame, Back to the Future 2, Mr. Nobody, Fatal Attraction, Yesterday, In the Name of the Father, Shakespeare in Love,
0: and Margaret. All right. So now the way that we do this is we each will select one movie that makes its way to the final three and then we'll decide between those three movies. What is our movie for next week? If your movie does not get selected, have no fear. You have a higher likelihood of not getting selected than getting selected. So just submitting something is good because it gets us to talk about it it gets more movies in the pool. So keep sending your submissions yeah. in and hopefully we get to you next week. All right, Av, you go first. What do you want to move forward
1: I am debating between two movies. Um, Butterfly
0: effect because your wife will yell at you otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess
1: three, but yeah. Um, no, I'm debating yeah. between It's a Wonderful Life, which I've never seen, and I know is like oh, wow. an all-time classic that I would love to see. And I think that would also then have a lot of good, like, you know, we could do different Christmas movies. there would be a lot of stuff to go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely don't want us to get, like, bogged down in, like, the 1940s for too long. <laughs> uh, Some people but- might. And then and the other one I am d- debating with is Groundhog Day, just because I think the, uh, the timing of it is so apt that I just, I love the idea of watching Groundhog Day, the week of Groundhog Day, and then talking about it. Um, there's just something so fun and silly about that. So I think I'm going to go with that. I think I'm going to pick Groundhog Day as my nominee to the final three.
0: Yeah, it's, it's timely. Um, both of those movies are on my damn classics letterbox list that I started a few months ago, where I just throw movies on that I really, really like, and I can always go back sure. to
2: Yeah, and that's a movie. I mean, I've I know I've seen dozen a dozen times, if not more. Um, I enjoy it every time I watch it. Um, It's it's immensely rewatchable. I wouldn't be mad if we watched it. Um, And it is, you're right, it is very timely to watch it this week. So I I think it's a solid suggestion.
0: Brennan, what is your pick to move forward?
2: I wouldn't be doing justice to myself or this podcast if I didn't keep it on the bright side of life and say i think you guys both need to see Monty Python's Life of Brian and i'm oh, going to pick Monty Python's Life of Brian so is there
0: continuity between these different movies or like if you do you need to have seen holy grail no there's no no
2: there's no continuity whatsoever
0: oh, okay um
2: it's just like watching an SNL movie it's you know they're they're just movies based on characters mm-hmm. you know
0: all right so <laughs> I could really pick almost any of these. Uh, The one problem is that I've seen nearly all of these movies and I would really like to see something that I haven't seen, uh, which is the only reason why I'm not picking The Wizard of Oz here. And uh, seven is on my list to rewatch. And I think we can probably get to seven at some point between David Fincher and all the stars of that movie. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with the movie I had not heard of 25 minutes ago. And I'm going to pick Mr. Nobody which was uh, Ob's pick. And I will say I am uh, very thankful that Contagion did not come up as a connection since we are dealing with a real-life Contagion right now. I actually... There really is, like, lots of connections between Contagion and this movie. Yeah, for sure. Between Contagion and A
2: Perfect Murder, I really expected those two to be on one, if not both of your lists. Um, You know, I I expected both of those movies to come up on somebody's lists, And the fact that they didn't, it's both surprising and a little delightful that, uh, we have not completely ruined our listeners, um, on their
0: perversion. So, yeah. So, all right. So our final three are Groundhog Day, Monty Python, Life of Brian and Mr. Nobody. So does anybody have a strong feeling one way or the other towards any of these three? I have a strong feeling that I don't want to watch any more Monty Python movies.
2: (laughs)
1: <laughs> Alright,
2: fine. Cancel it out, but I'm going to suggest it later on.
1: <laughs> you can keep suggesting it. I guess eventually I I'll have keep to keep suggesting in. it, and you it, can it keep is, denying it. It is technically on my list of movies I want to see still, even though I don't really want to see it, because it's, like, on I think, like, the AFI 100 or something, or it's on one of the right. lists that, like, I have on Letterboxd that I'm, in theory, going to finish at some point.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, Life of Brian know. is one of my all-time favorite comedies that I've ever seen in my life, and I think everybody should see that movie and until you do I'm just going to judge you. And but that's okay. Yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah. Um I understand. <laughs> I understand.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 very happy with either of the other two. Um mm-hmm. I'm very intrigued by this Mr. Nobody just because it's like it's like been on like near the top of my watch list for many years and just like I've never pulled the trigger on it for some reason. Um it is it is a little long. It's like two hours and forty minutes, which I think is probably the main reason where I was like, I, I don't know if I want to spend two hours and forty minutes watching this movie that I've never heard anybody mention, just because it's yeah. like it was on some list I found on the internet. Uh, I have one letterbox friend
0: cool. who has seen it. So of, of all of my like fifty letterbox trends, yeah. I only have one.
2: Yeah, and my only my only hesitation as well on Mr. Nobody would be that it does seem to be more of a drama, where Groundhog Day is more of a comedy. And I think it would be nice to stay in the comedy sphere for the next movie to follow up this one to watch a comedy that we know will make us laugh, rather than a movie that's just gonna make us wish we were watching. St- Potentially make us wish we were watching sliding doors.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the other problem with as much as I want to watch Mister Nobody and it is now on my Letterboxd watch list. Mm. I think that if we recap Mister Nobody next week, we are going to have Mister Nobody listening to the podcast.
2: I, I think that's a solid. I think that's a solid point as well. I think we, uh, we we want to make the listeners happy, and I think it would be nice to finally pick one of their picks and go with Groundhog Day.
0: All right.
1: So right. I think I'm gonna watch Mr. Nobody though, because it's about time I watch this movie. And if I don't watch it now, I'm never gonna get back to Perfect. it. Perfect. Then you can give a review next yeah. week and let give us, us a know review Mr. Next nobody week, is, is worth seeking out and tell maybe us maybe if
2: anybody that. or nobody should be watching
1: it. Yeah, it's uh, I see on the Wikipedia page it labels it as a cult film, which I, I'm generally very into that because like kind of my point earlier, like I'd rather watch the movie where there's like a thirty percent chance I'm gonna love it and a sixty percent chance that I'm gonna hate it yeah. than a movie that's like you'll it'll be fine like I don't need to see a movie it'll be fine I'd rather see a movie that I might love
0: well sure. so the thing is is I, so I just watched uh Suicide Squad for my movie ladder which does have Jared Leto in it so who knows maybe yeah. I'll also watch Mr. Nobody this week for my personal movie ladder but go. we're talking a lot about Mr. Nobody and we are not picking not that. enough about Groundhog Day uh, not enough about Groundhog Day well, um congratulations to so our
2: good friend Abby so- Abby Sutton on getting us to watch Groundhog Day
0: yeah, so uh, Ab, thank you for the suggestion. We are going to be picking Groundhog Day next week. Groundhog Day, of course, is the Bill Murray comedy it takes place on Groundhog Day, which is going to be this weekend, and it is from like nineteen. I'm not looking at it right now, but it's like ninety two, I believe, um, maybe ninety four. Directed by Harold Ramis. Is Groundhog Day streaming anywhere?
2: Uh, probably. I'm sure it's on. Well, it'll be.
0: Or- yeah, um, I'm
1: sure if you actually check. Your- according to according to Google, it's on Hulu, but sometimes that's misleading because they then say you need to like sign up for a free trial. Of- right. Yeah. Or it's-, it's 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 on Showtime, is the answer. Um, but okay. as Zach said earlier, I would I would bet the bet the house that it'll be airing somewhere on TV on Sunday. So just oh, sure. check check your DVR and your your guide, and I'm sure you'll find it. Coming.
0: And of course, you always can get it from your local library as well. You can get the DVD or the Blu-ray. I don't know if they have it on Blu-ray, but um, for some reason, it's not coming up when I search for it on Letterboxd. Maybe is it the Groundhog Day? Obviously no, not.
1: It's just Groundhog Day.
0: It's probably yeah. Um, Make sure it's going Groundhog Day. And I haven't seen this movie in like many many years, so I'm excited
1: to see it again.
0: Yeah, it's been a few years for me as well. Um, it's yeah, it's gonna be fun. So next week, due to a connection of alternate timelines and romantic comedy and kind of a, a sci-fi concept, we and- are gonna be.
1: And the calendar that it is actually Groundhog Day this week. Yes, yeah, but the, okay. yeah,
0: but we were not—we did not record this podcast on Sliding Doors Day that I
1: know of. So <laughs> yeah, uh, that's just
0: an additional connection. Yeah, so we will be watching Groundhog Day, and we'll be releasing a discussion about that. So uh, definitely watch that, or you know, if you're familiar with the movie, you don't have to watch it. And you can just listen along to our discussion of Groundhog Day. Uh, and oh, one thing we didn't talk about last week is we do do points every week. So if you're if you're Movie connection is the chosen selection, then you do get a point. So in week one, Brendan got a point for Fargo. Week two and week three, I've got points for Reservoir Dogs and the Taking of Pelham One Two Three. I got a point last week for Sliding Doors, and the listeners get a point this week for suggesting Groundhog Day. And just so we're clear,
1: these these points have no cash value.
0: Right. No, yeah, the, the points are just for pride. So
2: right. all until, of us listeners- until we get important enough, and then we can
0: maybe make you a movie ladder. Oh, yeah. or Everyone
1: gets a free movie ladder t shirt. Everyone it, gets a free yeah, movie ladder coffee awesome.
0: mug. Yes, exactly. All you gotta do is make it and print it yourself. So Exactly. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys all for listening well, hey, to today's episode of the Movie Ladder Podcast. Um You know, before we go, you know, we we will give a couple plugs for where you can find the Movie Ladder podcast. Uh, Brendan, tell us where you can find the Movie Ladder podcast. Well, hey, guess what? You can find the Movie Ladder podcast on Apple Podcasts. And
2: speaking of which, we got our first five-star review this week, guys. How awesome is that? That's higher than Sliding Doors got. Yeah, I know, right? I can't pronounce this person's name that left us a five-star review. It starts with an N, ends with an E, and there's a bunch of letters in between. Uh, That will be Nooner J. Nooner J? Yeah. I don't know what that means. Uh, hey, it's would
0: Nooner J would be our, our buddy who suggested Austin Powers Gold member. Oh, is that Jeff? Yes, yeah, it's, it's Jeff.
2: Jeff, get a better handle. But thank you for the five star. It's his last name and the first two
0: letters <laughs> of his first name, which is my handle for everything.
2: Yeah, well, now I see where you get it from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So Jeff said fun and interesting podcast that, if you follow along, will take you on a great movie
0: journey. And you know what? Oh, Jeff
1: Jeff sounds like an amazing guy. I yeah, agree. Jeff is great.
0: Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. You Despite know what, what Brendan says about wait. your handle, at, <laughs> at least you have consistent handles everywhere. Jeff, Brendan's handles are all over the <laughs> map. Do
1: one of you know Jeff? Because I do not know Jeff.
0: Yeah, I know Jeff. Do um, as I say, not as I do, Jeff. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yes, you can find the Movie Ladder podcast on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, we're We're home base is anchor.fm, So you search the movie ladder podcast on anchor.fm or just go there you'll be able to see all the places where we are listed so uh and you know of course for the the movie ladder podcast on twitter and Letterbox is at ladder movie and we do post again all of our our podcasts to there and we track all of our movie watching in ladder and also the watch list with the movies that were suggested on our letterbox profile. Brendan, where can people find you on social media? People can find me on Twitter at Fitzy Brendan and on Letterboxd at BrenFids11. And have you been working on any podcast projects recently?
2: I uh, actually, I just recorded a podcast with a guy named Zach Brooks.
0: all Whoa, about, crazy.
2: Yeah, I know all about the upcoming survivor uh, winners at war and survivor au all-stars we did a super duper mega foreign fantasy draft where we comboed the two casts into one giant draft of all 44 players and it was a lot of fun yeah i'm assuming you already
1: listened to that whole thing um. Yeah, I'm not a Survivor person, unfortunately. <laughs> so one of the few I, people I think, in this I, in this world who's not. I think I, I think it would be mostly lost on me. I watched 1.1 seasons of Survivor. Yeah. Well, so
0: but both U.S. and Australian Survivor both have big seasons coming up, and Brendan and I usually do a fantasy draft of some sort for those. And we were talking about it. We were like, oh, why don't we just do a combined draft between both of them and assign points based on how people finish? So we decided why not record that and just release it. So I released it on my personal podcast feed, which is uh, just like taking a column one, two, three. I can't ever remember the name of it. But it's I, it dial, is, dial P for Podcast. Dial P for Podcast is the name of that feed. If you if you follow me on social media, you'll yeah. see that the link to that. Uh, and of course I am at ZA on Twitter, Letterboxd, Instagram, all of the fun platforms. Uh, Untapped, I'm on there too, if you are a beer person. Yeah. So Av, what about you? Where can people find you?
1: Um, I'm on... Twitter at A. Sinensky and Letterboxd at A. Sinensky. I will be recording next week. Uh, I think I'm recording four podcasts next, next week, actually. I am doing a boxing tournament bracket with Sammy and a guest who I'm not even sure who it is, but I've been told it's somewhat exciting, so I've watched it tune to that on the 32 Fans Movies feed. I will be recording, I believe, a Best Movies of 2019 episode with Alex Chester and the Kim Wieneker on the 32 fans main feed i will be doing movie ladder with you guys again next week when we'll be talking about groundhog day and alex Sesser and i have also started a new podcast about curb your enthusiasm a rewatch starting from the beginning and the first episode should be dropping pretty shortly um, it's called pretty 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 good a Your Enthusiasm podcast, and that will be available on all podcast platforms very shortly. And we will, you know, be tweeting and Facebooking about it once it's available. So look out for all of that. It's uh, podcasting is starting to take over my life a little bit. I was um, going to say you're a busy you're a busy guy. It's a good thing you don't have a full time job. Yeah, and a and family and, and children. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I'm waiting for my wife to be like, what, what the hell are you doing? You, like, she just cuts you the internet. She's like, yeah, no so more far she's, she's just here. like, all right, whatever. I mean, you know, I, I podcast at night when, you know, she's watching TV. So she's really great. Right. Well, that's good.
0: Um, yeah, you're a busy man. i I'm going to have to try to catch up to you. I only have these random one-off podcasts that I do besides this one, but, uh, all right. Well, thanks everybody again for listening. Uh, if you want to send in your feedback and your star ratings and also your connections based off of groundhog day, uh, I don't know when we're recording that. Sometime next week. Maybe we'll try to do it a little early so we can have it out in time for the holiday. I don't know how that'll work, but uh, we will see. And in the meantime, you, you can email us ladder at gmail.com. And you can follow us at laddermovie on Letterboxing Twitter. I think I already said that. But that is all for this week. Thanks again for listening to our discussion of Sliding Doors. Check back next week for our Movie Ladder Connection podcast on Groundhog Day.
2: Be sure to put on your booties because it's cold out there.
1: what is this, Miami Beach? I don't think so. uh, hardly. Let's well, go on, boys. You're you playing you yesterday's tape.